It's time. We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios, welcome Sandy, thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in DC is Fox News contributor, Sandy Rios. And you still like me or you you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You're all right. (laughs) I'm a musician, I can't help it. Uh, Longtime Fox News contributor, Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have, I think it's four to one youth in America wants gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do. It's time to stand up or we're going to lose everything we have. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game. This is real life. Sandy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. Some things are worth fighting for. And good Wednesday morning, everyone. Fred Jackson sitting in for Sandy over the next couple of days. Busy news agenda, as always. And uh, always a pleasure to sit in for Sandy because you guys are the best audience there is. There's just no question about it. So great to be with you. By now, you probably have seen the pictures of the fleeing Democrat lawmakers from Texas. Um they're, they've fled because they don't want to vote on a series of new uh, voting integrity laws in Texas. So uh, what they did a couple of days ago was they leased some passenger jets. Not sure who's paying for all of this. And they boarded those jets and they headed up to Washington, D.C., friendly territory for, for Democrats. Uh, they've been meeting with uh, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and with Vice President uh, Kamala Harris, who is praising them. Some of them are calling themselves fugitives. Not so. Uh, they arranged this. Some of the pictures have been very interesting, by the way. If you've traveled lately on a jet airplane, you know you have to wear masks and all that sort of thing. Here's all these Democrats, you know, the advocates that you have to have masks on everywhere. Uh, they're on board this plane, very tight quarters, no one wearing masks. So they lease these airplanes going to be staying in some nice hotels in Washington. Oh, by the way, they loaded up cases of beer on the planes uh, before they left Austin uh, earlier this week and um, magically coordinated uh, their arrival in Washington with a speech yesterday from President Joe Biden. He went down to Philadelphia where he proceeded to uh, castigate Texas and other states who are bringing in these voter integrity laws. And I guess we shouldn't be surprised by now. His speech, probably written by somebody else, of course, was laced with the race card that is becoming so familiar for all Democrats. Listen to what the president had to say yesterday about these voter integrity laws that states like Georgia and Texas are attempting to pass. Cut number two. The 21st century Jim Crow assault is real. It's unrelenting. And we're going to challenge it vigorously. Are you on the side of truth or lies? Fact or fiction? Justice or injustice? Democracy or autocracy? That's what it's coming down to. Stand up for God's sake and help prevent this concerted effort to undermine our election and the sacred right to vote. Have you no shame? We're facing the most significant test of our democracy since the Civil War. You know, uh, you heard that line there from President Biden, have you no shame? 
If I had the opportunity to talk to President Biden today, I would say to him, have you no shame? You're playing the race card, and unfortunately we don't have a media in this country that is challenging the president on that because you cannot find one racist motivation in these laws. Lieutenant Governor of Texas, Dan Patrick, pointed that out in response to what Biden had to say yesterday, cut number one. And I think a lot of Democrats today are afraid of losing black and brown voters to the Republican Party, so they want to make them forget it was the Democrats who enacted the Jim Crow laws in the South. Let them read the bill. I'll come to the Oval Office. I'll sit down with the president. I'll go through the bill. Let him show me one place that's Jim Crow, one place that's voter suppression. There's none in the bill. And I'm not going to sit here and take it as lieutenant governor and the president of the Senate. I'm not going to take it. I'm not going to let them lie to America like this. It's the Washington Post, the New York Times, and all of these other reports. We've increased voting in Texas more than any other state in the union. We've improved, uh, increased uh, election returns Mm -hmm. in gubernatorial races, which I've been in, by 76%. Well, also reacting yesterday were folks at Fox News. Greg uh, Gutfield is a co-host on The Five. Uh, Here's what he had to say, cut three. What Joe said today just upsets me. I mean, he is a pathological, shameless liar. He, he ran on being a unifier. And all he does is bank on racial discontent, right? He's like comparing this bill to the KKK and to Jim Crow. It's like he, all he does is foment racial conflict. And he's making, he claims that he's making a moral case for voting rights as if there are no voting rights. Every American has the right to vote except the left's favorite voting blocks, which are violent felons, illegal immigrants, and the dead. All right. So there you have it. Um, you have obviously two polarized sides. You have President Joe Biden yesterday saying he's going to get out there and fight what he calls these voter suppression laws, referring to these states as exercising Jim Crow-type mentality. And then you have the lieutenant governor and also the governor of Texas uh, also saying these are lies. And people like Greg Gutfield, commentators, political commentators like Greg Gutfield, saying he's lying. So what is the truth? Well, yesterday afternoon, I just Googled, Uh, I think it was Texas voter bill. And it was really interesting what comes up. Of course, Google has algorithms that favor certain media outlets. First story that came up was the NPR story on this. And here's what's really interesting, folks. These stories, like from NPR uh, and New York Times and Washington Post, they don't tell you what the laws, what the bills are saying. They just repeat the Democrat talking points. They use words like voter suppression. They're not quoting President Biden. They just say voter suppression laws, laws based. uh, And this is a favorite now of the mainstream media laws based on former President Donald Trump's lies about the 2020 election over and over and over again. This is what you're seeing for the mainstream media. So that's why really Joe Biden is very comfortable Uh, going out there, and as Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick says, lying to the American public. Joe Biden is very comfortable doing that. The Democrats are very comfortable doing that because they know, for the most part, the mainstream media is not going to check them on it. So what I did yesterday was uh, 
continued to Google until I found some sites that actually gives me the bills, the Texas bills. All right. High on the list of the Texas bill. Each month, the local register of deaths shall prepare an abstract of each death certificate issued in the month for the uh, for a deceased 18 years of age or older who was a resident of the state at the time of the death. The local registrar of deaths shall file each abstract with the voter registrar of the uh, decedent's county of residence and the secretary of state. Now, what is that saying? They don't want dead people voting in Texas. It's as simple as that. And, of course, you may say, well, why do they need to put something like that in a bill? Well, unfortunately, there are dishonest people who take the names of dead people and put them on uh, ballots uh, and get those votes to be counted. So what's happening in Texas is that every month the uh, the voting the establishment, the people who take care of voting, the voter registrar, is going to get a list. And that list of names will go on a, a, uh, a database so that no one who has passed away, uh, can, their name can be used uh, for voting. It's as simple as that. So what's racist about that? There is nothing in that paragraph in this in this Senate bill that says uh, we're going to treat uh, black people this way, brown people this way, white people. This. No, uh, that's for everyone. Also, voters would be required to include a driver's license number or the last four digits of a Social Security number on a vote by mail application and the envelope containing their ballot. Individuals who help voters cast their ballot due to language or physical needs must fill out a document listing their name, address, relationship to the voter, and whether they're being, uh, being paid by a candidate or political committee. Those who drive three or more people to the polls would also be required to fill out similar forms unless all vehicle occupants are family members. Okay, so what is that about? Well, here's the problem that we had in 2020 in several states. In several states... They just mass-mailed absentee ballots to everyone. In other words, they were unsolicited ballots. It wasn't somebody calling in saying, hey, I can't make it to the polls on election day. I'd like to get in advance an absentee ballot. So what Texas is doing, you're going to have to now apply for an absentee ballot And you're going to have to identify yourself, who you are. You're going to have to prove by using your driver's license or the last four digits of your social security number. They want to make sure that they're not trying to stop a person from voting. They just want to make sure you have the right to vote. What is racist about that? Again, there's no mention in this paragraph, in this section of of the bill, that this only applies to a certain group of people. No, it applies to everyone. And, of course, to that point, they are only going to mail out ballots to people who request them. Another point, the Secretary of State will also be required to work with the Department of Public Safety to provide data on a monthly basis from the existing statewide computerized voter registration list to be used for verification of citizenship status or voter registration applications. It's kind of been the norm in this country that you have to be a citizen in order to vote. What is racist about that? All right, let's continue on. This is really important. 
Under the Senate bill, provisions a ban would be implemented on drive-through voting or casting a ballot from inside a vehicle unless participating in curbside voting due to a disability. A ban would be also be placed on overnight voting. So we're not going to have 24-hour-a-day voting. Requiring polls to be open a minimum of nine hours from between 6 a.m. and 9 p.m. What's racist about that? By the way, those voting hours, that's more voting time on voting day than they have in the state of Delaware, which is President Biden's home state. So you have more liberal voting laws in Texas than you have in Delaware. And how is this uh, an infringement on a person's right? You've got nine hours. No, pardon me. You've got 12 hours. You've got 12 hours to vote in Texas. No, I'm not doing that right, am I? That's six and uh, nine. So six and nine is how many hours? Fifteen. You've got 15 hours to vote. Now, somehow the Democrats are interpreting that as uh, voter suppression. Well, I'm I'm trying to figure this out because if you make a doctor's appointment for three o'clock in the afternoon, you normally show up around 2.30. If you make an appointment to have a coffee with somebody, you normally show up around that time. So how is that voter suppression? You've got 15 hours on voting day to show up to vote. Election officials would also be required to install a video surveillance system that records vote counting activities with a live stream made available to the public in counties with 100,000 residents or more. So you're going to be able to watch as the, as the, uh, the voting counting uh, occurs. Now, not to the point where you're going to be able to look at an individual ballot and see how Joe voted. No, this is about checks and balances in here. So basically, this is what the Texas law says. There is nothing in here that is racist. So, Lieutenant Governor of Texas, Dan Patrick, others saying the president is lying? You be the judge. I invite you. Go ahead. Look at the bills yourself. Make your own decision on this. All right. You're listening to a Wednesday edition of Sandy Rios in the morning. When we come back... Marxism for America, there's a warning from American Family Association. We're going to be talking to our Executive Vice President, Ed Vitagliano, about that. Don't go away. Sandy Rios in the morning on a Wednesday. We're back right after the break. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, That sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for healthcare can save the typical family 500 bucks a month, and that's huge, but it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want a plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. 
This is Pause to Pray, a chance to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today we pray for General James McConville, Chief of Staff of the Army. General McConville has served our country for 40 years and is a current member of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Psalm 7872 reminds us of the qualities of a good leader. So he shepherded them according to the integrity of his heart and guided them with his skillful hands. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask you to guide General McConville as he continues to lead the U.S. Army and serve our country. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team, a nonprofit, nonpartisan ministry dedicated to encouraging prayer for our nation's leaders. To learn more, go to pausetopray.org. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes with news and commentary next. As you plan your summer college visits, add Liberty University to the list. With many visiting options to choose from, you're sure to find the right one to fit your schedule. Spend a few hours exploring campus with our student-led team at Tour LU, dig deeper and learn more about life at Liberty during Experience LU, or take your next steps towards becoming a student at Decide LU. Learn more and register today by texting VISIT to 49596. Again, that's VISIT to 49596. See you this summer. Parents in Washington, D.C. are pushing back over mandatory mask policies for student-athletes. Ashley McGuire says her daughter was forced to wear a mask while playing tennis at a summer camp. It was 98 degrees, hottest day of the year. Her daughter nearly passed out. The 9-year-old was forced to keep her mask on outside for three hours. And it's not just D.C. California parents are planning to sue over mandatory mask mandates. They've launched a website called Let Them Breathe. The problem is many schools are not following the science. Children transmit the virus at a much lower rate than adults do. The irony is that mandatory mask mandates could end up killing more children than the virus does because of heat stroke. Our Daily Biscuit now topping the book charts. The Biscuit Book, now the number one Christian inspirational book in America. And you can order a copy right now at ToddSterns.com. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Facebook or email Sandy at Sandy at AFR.net. That's Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. And welcome back to the Wednesday edition of Sandy Rios in the morning. Fred sitting in for Sandy today. As I say, always a delight to do so. I If your blood is not boiling already this morning, given what uh, President Joe Biden said yesterday, basically saying voter suppression, racist Texans, uh, shame on you. And uh, I hope we've been able to prove to you that uh, there's nothing racist about Texas laws, Georgia laws and other places. They're simply, as, as they are saying, wanting to ensure that everybody who is legally eligible to vote can vote. In fact, they're making it easier in states like Texas to vote than they are in states like Delaware, the home state of President Joe Biden. Also, I just wanted to bring it to your attention. You know what's going on in Cuba, the protests that have been going on down there, uh, thousands of people in the streets. Um, I was shocked, shocked that our our, uh, Homeland Security Secretary, Alejandro Mayorkas, Do you know what he's told the Cubans 
who may want to flee to our country. Remember, some of these folks were carrying American flags in the protests there on Sunday. My orcas has told these people do not come to the United States. In fact, apparently, the Biden administration has ordered the Coast Guard to go out and stop them from coming to the United States, from fleeing tyranny. Now, juxtapose that against Biden's open border policy along the Mexican border. We have people coming into this country from 26 other countries around the world. And the Biden administration is putting out the welcoming mat. But for these people facing tyranny in the streets protesting the communist government of Cuba, my orcas tells them, don't even get in a boat to try to come here because we will stop you. Maybe that's why so many Cuban exiles in Florida vote Republican. Uh, And I tell you what, that's not going to help the cause for the Democrats at all. I I could not believe that when I saw that quote from my orchids this morning. Anyway, Cuba, communism, Marxism, they've had enough there. Protests in the street that they haven't seen in decades. Well, there's also concern in this country that there is a Marxist mentality that is taking root in this country. And American Family Association is doing the best to warn our people about this. And joining me in the studio right now is Executive Vice President Ed Vitagliano. Ed, good morning. Hey, good morning to you, Fred. Yeah, my good buddy from you wound up, t- today's you? <laughs> issues. I tell you what. I've been going at this since about 3.30 this morning. <laughs> and that's, that's, that's an your, unpleasant way to start the day with this kind of stuff. Unpleasant way to start the day. But, Ed, uh, people may not be uh, – they, they've heard about things that are happening in school districts and critical race theory, but critical race theory has its genesis somewhere else. This is not something that was just cooked up. Uh, this has its basis in Marxism. So I wanted you to come in and explain to our folks uh, what, because they hear terms like socialism, they hear communism, they hear Marxism. Is there a difference between, and, and, and let's start it off by Marxism comes from a guy named Karl Marx. Yeah, uh, well, uh, great questions. And uh, I took, when I was a political science major, took entire courses on this. It, it, you can really dig as deep as you want on this subject. So, uh, let me first of all say that whenever societies are undergoing kinds of transition, I, I think probably there there is a transition going on in Western civilization, even in our time with going to the computerized, you know, uh, artificial intelligence, all those kinds of things are disruptive. So let's go back to the Industrial Revolution, 17th century, 18th century, into the 19th century. Tremendous upheaval in Western civilization. You were the you you had entire civilizations moving from a rural farm based uh, lifestyle to cities and machines. All right, very disruptive. It wound up creating a capitalist Western civilization that has done untold amounts of good, but the transition brought a lot of misery. Hmm. So even before Karl Marx and Frederick Engels, who in eighteen forty eight wrote the Communist Manifesto, there were socialists who began to try to examine what is the cause of all this misery. And they began to point the finger at capitalism. But Karl Marx, especially, uh, was the one whose views took root. And 
the Marxist approach, because these guys were atheists, talking about Marx and Engels. So they're not looking to the Bible to see what's happening, how do we help alleviate human suffering. They looked at economics from an atheistic perspective. They were materialists, so there is no soul. All that matters is matter. And the fact of the matter is that uh, you can ask the right questions and get the wrong answers. And what they said was capitalism is the problem. Capitalism is rooted in the ownership of personal property, and that has to change because with when a small percentage of people own things, the rest of the people don't own them. And what they said was the, the single most uh, sinister part of human society was the ownership of private property, and the only way you're going to get rid of it is through revolution. Now, bringing our ideas up to the current time, what Marx said was that what capitalist societies do, now this is going to sound really familiar to our listeners. Karl Marx said, because of private property, you have people who own and people who don't. You have the bourgeoisie and you have the proletariat, you have the working the class. oppressed and the oppressor. <laughs> exactly. You have the oppressor and the oppressed. And there's only one solution, revolution, the violent overthrow. All communists said violent overthrow. And what they said was what capitalist societies do is in order to protect the people who own the money, that small percentage, they create a society that protects it, including the police and the court system. They use these power centers to keep their power and to oppress those who don't own anything, and the only solution is to overthrow it. So when you hear things like defund the police, when you hear things like our entire society is based in slavery, which was absolutely sinful, but that's the oppressed oppressor matrix. What cultural Marxists are after is the same thing as the socialist slash communist Marxists, and that is the overthrow of a society that is completely uh, corrupt. And so what we see happening in our society are different approaches to it. So critical race theory puts that oppressed uh, oppressor matrix in terms of race. But every one of these movements is after one thing, and that is the end of the society as we know it and the replacement of it with something else. All right. Uh, so here's what some people would have trouble with. So many people want to come to this country, Ed. They certainly don't want to come, I don't think, because they want to bring communism to this country. Right. Or Marxism or socialism, whatever the case may be. So some people may be, well, well how, how are we, where is, this, where is this coming from? And my supposition is, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, that this started in our education system, our university system, and it didn't start yesterday. It didn't start with the election of Joe Biden right. last year. This has been simmering for decades. Yeah, well, the the socialist view of – this is this is my opinion. I'm, I'm not a historian. Uh, you know, I have spent my whole life studying political science and history, but that yeah. doesn't make me a historian. But this is, this is my belief, that as I've said on today's issues numerous times, it's always about God. All right. God is at the center of all these debates. 
So as Western civilization has moved away from God over the last 100 years, last 120 years, you can actually root all of this in the evolutionary theories of Charles Darwin, okay? As you begin to say God doesn't enter into it, we don't know if there is a God or I don't believe there is a God, so we human beings are the ones who have to fix their own problems. As that began to happen, you have to look for an explanation for how pe- why people suffer, why there's inequity, inequality or whatever, why there's human misery. Uh, you have to come up with an explanation. And for people who don't believe in God, there is only two there are only two explanations. One is a communist outlook which sees this in terms of oppressor and oppressed, and the other is what we might call the fascist outlook, which is regardless of how we got here, the state is our only solution. My personal opinion is fascism and communism are actually kissing cousins because they're both totalitarian. So if there is no God, the state becomes God, and the state determines how we're going to solve human suffering. So to your point, a 100 years ago, as people moved away from God in universities, they began overwhelmingly to adopt a Marxist outlook of human society and human life, and it becomes in various forms uh, the, the answer. Mm-hmm. Now, I, let me just say this one thing. That there are, if you in, in, embark on a study of socialism, you've got a pretty big task ahead of you because there's all different forms of socialism. But the primary belief is that private property is the problem. So even when you have uh, socialist democracies, the underlying belief is that there are a lot of people who have too much and a lot of people who don't have enough, and the state will take from one group and give it to another. That's a socialist idea. It's not quite communist, but it is birthed out of the same worldview. So, you know, over uh, using the pandemic as an excuse, uh, we have now seen the Biden administration, and they were elected on a platform like, uh, we're going to pay for your college education. Right. Uh, it's going to be universal daycare, all of these types of things. Uh, but that is a way of redistributing the wealth. Uh, you know, you have Biden, you have Bernie Sanders out there saying, you know, the, this 2 or 3% at the top, these billionaires, right. they have to pay their share. Right. And that has been beaten over and over and over again into the heads, I think, of a lot of folks. Even in the Christian community, they look at this and they say, well, that doesn't seem right to me. Right. Uh, it's it's amazing. I want to play a clip and get your comments on this. I heard this interview this morning. It's a gentleman. His name is Peter uh, Lumage. He fled communism in Albania, and he is now seeing what's going on in this country. He's been living in this country for many years now. And let me guess, he recognizes it. (laughs) You betcha. Listen for yourself. Cut number four. Communism doesn't work anywhere, not only in Cuba. Uh, This is a confrontation between two irreconcilable entities. That is the communists, the elites who are trying to maintain power through brute force, and the anti-communists or the people who want freedom and liberty. This is a confrontation that eventually is going to have to happen. Socialism can be voted in, but to maintain power, you have to use brute force, and to dislodge it, you need a bloody revolution, unfortunately. 
way. It is a confrontation that must be had. It must be dismantled. It must be defeated once yeah. and for all. And it must be prevented from returning to the island of Cuba forever. Communism is evil. It produces nothing but command and control over the population, and it produces misery. Mm-hmm. What happens in communist countries, they eventually become detention centers where people are detained by their own government and enslaved by, by their own government. My family and I, we were slaves until we came to the United States, until we escaped communist Albania. We were owned by the government. So I understand what the Cuban people are going through right now and my heart goes to them and my prayers go to them here's what's amazing to me ed we have an education system that supposedly tries to instill truth uh, and facts into our kids it is not as if there isn't uh there aren't platforms out there where communism has taken control and students could be taught to look at those and say is this what you want for america right but they're obviously not being taught that it's almost like uh, these professors and others are saying, don't look at Cuba, don't look at Albania, don't right. look at Russia, don't look at China. Uh, but in fact, we want to turn our country, the United States, into those countries. Well, the, the, the common argument that you will hear is that true communism has never been tried. That is the argument because what they'll say is uh, in the Soviet Union, that was Stalinism. Uh, it's Maoism and it's per- various permutations in China. So we've got to give it a real shot. Let me let me say this. Th- there is a reason why socialists and communists and cultural Marxists hate the Constitution. Because the founders of this nation understood that what people want is freedom. And the way to be free is to live your life self-restrained, by your religious beliefs, and then you have limited power in the government. Socialists and cultural Marxists say we cannot we cannot get our thing done by limiting power. We've got to aggregate power. We've got to build bigger and bigger and bigger government, which is why in with the COVID restrictions, there are a lot of people who go, what's behind this? Mm. It's bigger and more powerful state is what cultural Marxists are after. Ed, thanks so much. We have some resources, or we'll have some resources in our store for this. Miki Addison has done a a video. That that is available on the 16th. I've written extensively on communism and socialism in the AFA Journal. Go to afajournal.org. Look over the last uh, year, I've written a half dozen articles. We'll give some links on that for our website. Ed Vitagliano, thank you so much, man. You bet. All right. Friendships is offering an exciting opportunity for young adults who want to grow in their walk with God, become physically fit, and learn relief ministry while serving in the Middle East. This is an amazing opportunity to serve God and experience Israel. Check out Seahawks one-year scholarship program at friendships.org or call 337-433-5022. That's 337-433-5022. The next session begins August 19th. American Family Radio newscasts are now available as a podcast. I'm Rusty Pugh. I'm Steve Jordahl. Didn't catch the full story? Listen to the podcast. I'm Chris Woodward. I'm Chad Groening. Didn't have the radio on at the top of the hour? 
listen to the podcast. I'm Charlie Bunch. And I'm Fred Jackson. Get accurate news from a Christian perspective whenever you want it with the American Family News podcast. You can also sign up for our daily news brief. Visit onenewsnow.com. Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. We live in an era currently where spirituality is in vogue. Christ following is not. Some even claim to love Jesus while simultaneously rebelling against his word and encouraging others to rebel similarly. But Jesus said it himself, if you love me, you will obey me. Whoever does not love me does not obey my words. Make no mistake about it. To love Jesus is to obey him. You cannot love Jesus and disobey him. If you're living in open rebellion against Jesus' word, you're not following Jesus as he's revealed himself in Scripture. You're following a God you've created. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. 80% of the time, an abortion-minded mother who views an ultrasound or sonogram of her baby will choose life. Here's the story of Candace. The sonogram sealed the deal for me. My baby was like this tiny little spectrum of hope. And I saw his heart beating on the screen. And knowing that there's life growing inside, I mean, that sonogram changed my life. I went from just Candace to mom. Thank you to everybody that has given these gifts. You guys are giving more than money. You guys are giving love. There are currently pre-born centers which do not have an ultrasound machine. Would you sponsor a machine today? Dial pound 250 and say keyword baby. That's pound 250 and say baby. Or go to preborn.com. That's preborn.com. Your love can save a life. This is Frank Gaffney with the Secure Freedom Minute. The State Department has just issued a much-needed warning to Wall Street and other corporate enablers of the Chinese Communist Party. It served notice that those involved in supply chains or other business dealings in western China are, quote, highly likely, unquote, to be violating U.S. law. That's because the Chinese communists are engaged there in such crimes as genocide, forced organ harvesting, serial rape, persecution of religious minorities, and slave labor. For these reasons, and its myriad other crimes elsewhere, the Chinese Communist Party should be designated and punished as a transnational criminal organization. In the meantime, U.S. financiers and capitalists are now squarely on notice. Many are not only engaged in risky business that may result in serious losses for their clients and shareholders, as well as harm to the national security. It may render them accomplices to the CCP's criminal conduct. This is Frank Gaffney. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. And welcome back to Sandy Rios in the morning. Fred Jackson sitting in for Sandy today. Want to hear from you. Uh, Great interview there with Ed Vitagliano kind of outlining really where the left wants to take this country into Marxism, into socialism. And some would say they're well on their way because our kids in our education system over the last three or four decades have been indoctrinated to accept the lie. And that's what it is. You know, talk to the people down in Cuba who were protesting in the streets last last weekend. They'll tell you what communism is all about. 
And you heard that testimony from the gentleman from Albania who fled communism in that country. But Ed was saying towards the end of the interview there that, um, you know, we're, we're seeing elements of government control or the desire of the government to control. We're seeing that in the response to the pandemic. So I want to hear from you what you may be seeing in your community and what you think your community, you, can do about it. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. Now, at the center of this, let's have more control over the people, has been Dr. Anthony Fauci. Now, it's really interesting. He did an interview with CNN's Jake Tapper recently. And despite the desire of the American people to get away from these mandates, listen to what Dr. Fauci has to say when asked about mandates. Cut number. I know you've been very clear that the government isn't mandating vaccines, but do you think it's generally a good idea for businesses or schools to require vaccinations? I have been of this opinion and I remain of that opinion that I do believe at the local level, Jake, there should be more mandates. All right. There should be more mandates. Well, thankfully, (laughs) there's an uprising that is starting in this country. It's not violent. It really is a pushback, a lot of it coming from parents who do not want another year like we just went through. They don't want another year for their kids being confined to their houses, no classrooms. And one of those parents was interviewed uh, this morning on Fox and Friends. Her name is Melissa O'Connor. And uh, she's a parent in San Diego. She went to her school board. And she says, "It's, it's terrible now. We're living in a country, the United States of America, bastion of freedom, where parents' groups, like her group there in San Diego, is now having to go to court to fight for freedoms, freedoms to be free for kids don't have to wear masks to school. Cut number five. I guess, is this how this works in America? Like, you have to sue people to get your rights back? What's been happening is completely unconstitutional. So parents were funding a lawsuit against the state um, to say these mandates aren't lawful, and they've gone on long enough. I mean, I think we shouldn't have our kids in masks. Enough is enough. Moms across America who are fed up with all of these rules. Yeah, fed up with all of these rules. We're seeing these uprisings in uh, Loudoun County in Virginia, many other jurisdictions, I'll tell you, across the country. Uh, where parents are just saying no to all of this, and we're going to fight back against this. You know, in in some ways, it's almost a good thing that some of these restrictions have happened, and hear me out on this, not agreeing with them, but in some way, it has taken these kinds of restrictions to wake many Americans up to the fact that the freedoms that we have enjoyed in this country are now being threatened, that the pandemic is being used as an excuse. And again, I'm not saying that the results for those who have been diagnosed with COVID, many families have lost loved ones, not saying that wasn't serious at all. But the question now becomes, well, the vaccinations are available. 
So why is it that people like Dr. Fauci are saying, but uh, we may need those masks back on all those kids? I mean, we, we, I think we talked about this on today's issues yesterday, where there's now some jurisdictions that are going to, and this is actually according to the CDC uh, guidelines that came out last Friday, they're saying, well, schools uh, opening, and some of them are opening in just a few weeks in some states like Mississippi, that kids who have been vaccinated, teachers who have been vaccinated, they don't have to wear masks, but if the kids who have not been vaccinated, they show up at school, uh, then you're going to have to do something to separate them out. Now you stop and think about that for a second. So is that going to be the responsibility of a teacher standing at the door of a school asking little Johnny or Janie, have you been vaccinated? If you haven't been vaccinated, we're going to ask you to go to this room over here. Uh, If you have been vaccinated, well, you can go to that room over there. Can you imagine that? What's that's going to do to kids? I mean, this this is the kind of thing that we need to step back from at this moment and take a look at it. Is this the kind of America that we want? Um, I don't think so. And I, as I say, I think a lot of Americans are finally waking up to all of this. All right. 888-589-8840 is the number to call. 888-589-8840. Let's go to Texas this morning and talk to Kelly. Good morning, Kelly. Go ahead. Good morning. Uh, yeah, I was just going to make a point. Don't we have to show ID to get vaccinated, but we don't necessarily have to show ID to vote? <laughs> and you're exactly right. Uh, That's what I thought. Yeah, you need voter ID. You know, it's really interesting. If you're going to travel on a plane, you need voter ID. Uh, if you're going to get a passport, you need voter ID. Um, you know, sometimes to, to pay your bill, go to your bank, you need voter You need ID. And the idea that somehow requiring a person to identify and prove who they say they are, they are that, according to President Joe Biden, is racist. I know. <laughs> yeah. And, and the ones in the rural communities can't uh, figure out how to send in their ID, right? Yeah, you're referring to Vice President Kamala Harris a couple of days exactly. ago who said she was very yes. concerned about people who live in rural America because... Apparently, they don't have the intelligence to know how to get a photocopy of their driver's license. You talk about arrogance, absolute arrogance. And so far, uh, Kelly, there's, there's been no apology for that. Not even an attempt to clarify after making such a ridiculous statement as that. Uh, but that's part of the character of today's Democratic Party, too, is arrogance. because. Let's let's go back, Kelly. Thanks for your comments. Let's go back to Barack Obama, two thousand eight, uh, making fun of those who cling to their guns and their Bibles. Remember that. And then we had Hillary Clinton, basket of deplorables. That's real arrogance, folks. Maybe that's the real danger to America today. Let's head over to the North Carolina. Say good morning to Sid. Sid, go ahead. Yes, sir, Frank. Uh, first time caller. I would just like to make the point that we're living out capitalism as sinful beings right now so there's going to be imperfections of that where these people are comparing it to a perfect form of socialism that's an ideal in their heads there's no there's no way they can tell what's going to happen because they're not implemented the sinful part of humanity into those scenarios yep that's exactly right you know uh in our conversation with that appreciate your comments sid 
In our conversation with Ed a few moments ago, there there is, and, I, and don't miss this, folks. <clears throat> we were talking about the uh, philosophy, Marxism, and Karl Marx himself, who was an atheist. Do not miss the fact of the of the spiritual warfare that's going on in our country right now, because the those who are advocating for Marxism, they want to punish people. And we saw this during the pandemic restrictions. Remember the, um, you know, churches, uh, you're only allowed to have 10 people. If you're going to have services, only allowed to have 10 people. Uh, but if you're going to a casino in Las Vegas, hey, it's wide open. As if the virus can tell the difference. And fortunately, uh, there are churches, a church up in uh, Washington, D.C., just won an award there. There are churches in California that are winning, winning court rewards for the ridiculousness of this. This was also part of the war on Christianity. Let's be very clear about that. And that's what we witnessed. There are a lot of people out there, folks, that are, are warning about this uh, critical race theory. It disturbs me to no end that this is a battle going on in churches today. Some, some people giving validity to critical race theory. And uh, Leo Terrell is a uh, is a civil rights lawyer. Used to be a Democrat. He isn't a Democrat anymore. And he's he puts out this warning frequently about um, critical race theory and what it's all about. Cut number eight. Not only as a former school teacher, but as a lawyer, a civil rights lawyer, a person who deals with the issue of racism. Critical race theory is not a a, a, a program, a discipline, a principle grounded in facts. It only tells you a conclusion. It tells you that white people are privileged, black people are oppressed. It doesn't tell you the why, the how, and everything else. It takes a part of history when we first became a nation and then apply it to everyday life. It ignores the progress in this country. So there's no facts. Yeah, there you have it. It ignores the progress in this country. Well, as I say, I'm 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 seeing a, a bit of a silver lining going on right now because more and more people are educating themselves about critical race theory. I am thankful for those state governments that are passing laws that say critical race theory is not going to be taught in our state. Now, fighting that, of course, we know is the teachers' unions. Teachers' unions. The teachers' union, uh, you heard the American Federation of Teachers, the president last week at their meeting saying they're going to hire lawyers to fight these state laws that say uh, critical race theory cannot be taught. So that's, that's part of the enemy forces out there as well, these teachers' unions. And again, we always say, I know there are great, fine Christian teachers in our public school system, but their unions, that's a whole other story. All right. Got time for another few calls. We'll try to squeeze them in. Uh, back out to Texas. Good morning, Jim. Go ahead. Hi. I, um, I just want to make a comment that Abraham Hamilton III, on one of his podcasts, talks about Karl Marx. And in the podcast, it says that he's not an atheist. It was, he was a Satanist. Mm. And um, he was actually giving glory to, to Lucifer for, for the thought and, the, you know, the idea of, of the... the um, Marxist ideas that he had. Yeah. Uh, there, there is no question, uh, Jim, I appreciate the comment. There is no question at all that this is part. This is part of spiritual warfare. 
when you couple in what you're seeing out there <clears throat> with regards to attacks against Christians, I mentioned the attacks against churches and the, and the size of their meetings during the pandemic, but also that we have seen attacks against Christians like Baronel Stutzman, the Washington State florist Christian lady, member of Southern Baptist Convention, who was taken to court by homosexuals because she wouldn't uh, supply flowers for a homosexual wedding. Now there are all kinds of other florist shops in, in the Seattle area, but they targeted her. We're seeing it with Jim Phillips, the baker. We're seeing it with Christian photographers. It's all the same thing. This is part of spiritual warfare. We ought not to be surprised by this, folks, because the Bible warns us as we get closer to the day, uh, the, the return of the Lord that we're going to see this kind of spiritual opposition. But here's what's important. We have to have churches. We have to have Christians that are grounded in the truth of Scripture so that when these challenges come, and you may not be experiencing what Baronel Stutzman is experiencing yet. You may not ex- be experiencing in your school what other uh, parents are facing in other jurisdictions across the country, but it is coming to you, and you need to be ready for it and stand strong on the authority of Scripture. Amen? Hey, listen, it's been great to be with you today. Much more great programming yet here on American Family Radio. American Family Radio News doing our best each day to keep you up to date on these stories so that you have the tools that you can use to fight this. You know, one of the things is, number one, pray. Number two, make sure that you educate yourself on the truth. And number three, get involved. Get involved. One thing just to complain about, it's another thing to get out there and get involved, get informed. All right, Lord willing, we'll see you tomorrow right back here, Sandy Rios in the morning. In the meantime, stay tuned for more great programming here on American Family Radio. We'll see you again real soon. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.